The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 16th, 2017, season 13, episode number 77. 77, welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot to get into today. We're going to talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott. And uh, maybe the last time we have to talk about Zeke for a while, we'll catch you up on what's latest there. Uh, we'll also get into some injuries talk and some players that missed practice yesterday and the possibilities of, mi- of them missing the game this week. Episode 77. Huh? Is that fitting? You know? Oh, yeah. Ah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Good. Get on um, my level. Yeah, I'm on your level now. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagle defense. Uh, Dave, I'm sure you have your scouting report ready. Nick and Amber will catch you guys up on what they think are the most interesting things about this defense. Uh, And so we got a lot that we want to get into. Let's go ahead and jump right in and let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott first. Um, Yesterday, we find out that um, he has uh, decided to forego his appeal and uh, has decided he's going to accept the the, um, suspension, the six game, the full six game suspension. I guess the question to you guys, I guess there's two parts to this question. One is, do you think it's the right decision? And number two, do you think that maybe he should have done this back at the beginning of the season? Is it that simple to be able to say that for another person? What do you guys think? I don't know what he's thinking. He hasn't had a press conference. So I don't know what he would, what's the reasoning there. But it doesn't matter what he should have done because he didn't. I mean, it's easy to say that, to say, oh, man. But who cares? I mean, six games is six games, right? I mean, where would they be if he didn't play those first six games? So it, it, it's not like it's like, oh, look what he did. I mean, they would have been in the same boat right now. They would have been one and five or two and four after six games, I think, if he would have played those. So, I mean, I don't think it really matters. He did what he needed to do. He was fighting for it. But why he dropped it now, I'm not really sure. I'm, I don't know who is sure about that. You can speculate. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I can't say with a certainty, but I, it, it seems Tired. like he just well, he's not going to win. Like he, he, I don't think he has had a legitimate shot of winning this thing. Uh, and even if he did, there's always the chance that it could be a Tom Brady situation where you win in 2017 and then it's reinstated next year, and now you really spent two years dealing with this. Uh, or it could even be expedited, and if the Cowboys find a way into the playoffs, you talk about him missing playoff games. So uh, given the odds against him and what it could mean going down the line, I think he's just like, let's just, you know, we did what we could. Let's call it a day and just get this thing behind us. And they can, I mean, they can still pursue this in court, right, whether or not they're pursuing. Well, it sounds like he dropped the appeal, in which case it sounds like he's dropped his he's dropped whatever case thing. he's had. He's dropped it at this point, and so there really is no more court case at this point, the way I understand it. I yeah, I can still sue them. That's that's what yes, I'm he saying. Could sue yeah. the, he could pick up another case and basically right. sue the that's league. That's what I meant. Like you can still sue the league without it being a matter of missing games and injunctions and all that stuff. So I guess that remains to be seen. Probably depends on if he wants to pay the legal fees. Uh, and that, that's probably part of it, too, in all honesty. I mean, this is – I can't even imagine how much money this is going to cost. And just clear that up. I, I know that there have been some people who hit me up on Twitter and like, no, the NFLPA is paying for that. Nick, I know you told me I've, you've talked to some people around the I building. Th- and I think what ha- I think what happened is, is like, yes, they will appoint you a lawyer. NFLPA appoints a lawyer to you and, and, and attorneys for all this. But to handle a case like this, you know, you've got a lawyer up. And I think what he's because he's got more than one, and so he's have he's having to pay for on top of that. You know, yeah, they'll give you the guy down the street, but kind of like having a public defender yeah. or getting somebody. Yeah. That you have the right to an to attorney, but yeah. yeah, you want Jeffrey he Kessler. I mean, he didn't want right. and the NFLPA is like mm. a little bit outside the budget. Yeah, yeah. he didn't want Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer here. What's wrong with Jim Adler? <laughs> Let's. I don't know. But no, I, I killed Jim Adler. Maybe he's a Cowboys fan. Maybe I want to. Sorry, Jim. No, I want to talk about that though, because that's you know that's an argument that we've been having back and forth this whole time. And I, you know, I firmly believe that this thing didn't go Zeke's way. He gave it a hell of an effort. That doesn't make him wrong for doing it. 
I agree. I and we don't have to go over the whole thing over again. We've talked about. It. I mean, this is your reputation on the line. This is your um, your livelihood, your legacy, whatever you want to call it. And calling this thing off is not an admission of guilt. Just like his, just like his statement said. I mean, you can you can maintain your innocence and still see the writing on the wall that really all you're probably going to do is hurt yourself and the organization going forward. I don't think it's an admission of guilt. I don't think that means it was wrong to try. You just, you, you, sometimes you lose in life and that's what this is. I mean, and the other thing to consider here, here is, and again, we're, we're speculating here. So I want to be clear, this is speculation, but this could have been a situation where, you know, Zeke is like, I want to get away. You know, it's, it's been publicized that he left the country Maybe he's like, look, I want to get away, and I just want to clear my mind. I just want to kind of not think about all the extra drama of what all is going on. And if this is still going on, he's still going to have to be having conversations with his attorneys. He's still going to have to. So he can't really get away. He can get away, but he still has to have those phone calls and those conversations and strategy sessions and whatever else goes into it when you're fighting a big legal battle like this. So maybe he just said, look, by the time this would all be done— I'm going to have served most of the the suspension anyway. So why spend that time in court and and in strategy sessions and talking to attorneys? I just want to get away from this, clear my head, allow myself to refocus and, and maybe just, you know, maybe just maybe I can come out of this, you know, a little better off than I am right now. And, and I think that's a noble thing too. You're right. Gabe, David doesn't say that he's admitting that he's guilty, but he fought as much as he could, and I think it got to a point to, where it's like, like he fought I as can't much as win he this. could in a reasonable right. degree. I mean, you could fight this for the rest of your life probably, but like I said, at some point you can see the writing on the wall. And for the third time, I don't, I don't think that means it was wrong to try, but I'm sure somebody disagrees because hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, but I mean, the, the point is, is that, okay, what if he would have, what if he didn't fight this? It's not like he's still not going to get the six games. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I mean, what would it have been? I mean, I don't know if they beat the Giants in the first game without him. You know, you can say all you want to about the Giants not being very good right now or being awful, but they weren't awful really in that game. So, I mean. They only scored three points, huh? Their offense was pretty bad. Yeah, their offense was bad, but the Cowboys weren't very good. I mean, the Cowboys. It's it's and so so and both it's all of it crap was shoot, right? right. You don't know what I don't know if they could have won that game. There's I don't no think they point. beat the Cardinals either. So I mean, who knows what what happens without him? And so, so but if that's the case, and I'm not meaning to kind of push this conversation aside, but if you don't think they would have won the game against the Giants or the Cardinals, I'm not sure. I mean, it's okay, been but close. but but if that's the case, then you certainly don't think they're going to beat the Eagles without him or. The Redskins again without him, or like name any one of these games they got again okay. until he comes are we, back. Are we going there now? No, I'm just asking. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Is that you just uh, don't think they have as much of a chance I, to win these I, games without I think Ezekiel Elliott? My point is, is that should you know, and and the next show will will definitely hit this. You should have done this earlier. Why? Like why? Why earlier? What does that really do? What does that change? And how much are you benefiting from that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, what what would have done just because? You don't want to deal with it now, and you wanted to just get it out of the way. I mean, he had to do what he had to do, right? Yeah, no, and yeah. I think we all agree. I think yeah. we all agree that, it, first of all, it's not any of our business no. to say what this man should do about his life and and his reputation. But if he chooses to do that, he has every right to do it, and he should have done it because that's his right to be able to fight that in court if he has that opportunity. And that that part's way more important. But the other part of that is, yeah, like who on earth knows where they'd be nine games if Zeke had sat out through the first six weeks. Yeah. I don't know. but You might be sitting where the Giants are? I, don't, I doubt it would be that bad, but I don't know for sure that you'd be above 500 right now. Yeah. Huh. Especially the way he was playing. Like the, I mean, yeah, you get my point. Yeah, uh, I got you. Now, not only that, not only do is it probably a two and four, but they go to Washington, and they probably don't win that game because as great as he was in that game, there's no way he's just going to come right in being rusty for being out for seven weeks and come in here and help you. I, I mean, help you to that extent. And remember, in training camp, he doesn't do a yeah. whole lot of work. So, so, I mean, I shouldn't say in training camp. During preseason, he doesn't yeah. do a lot, whole lot of work. So, it's – Who knows? I think we kind of touched on this yesterday. It, like, people refuse to accept that in in the sports world. Like, there always has to be a reason – why what you did was wrong like sometimes you can do the right thing for the right reasons and it doesn't work out for you like that's life then 
you don't always have to go back and like pin blame on something that like just explains it like here's why this was a mistake here's where they went wrong like sometimes stuff just doesn't go your way and wow i'm gonna sound like jason garrett like how you respond to that adversity is what really counts so life lessons with david oh i just i just quoted <laughs> just cut that whole day. little segment and just Ugh. make that a make that a life lessons with david hellman that was awesome deep thoughts with dave all right let's get into the injury talk uh there were quite a few guys that missed practice yesterday um here are the guys that did not practice dan bailey with a groin injury des bryant with a knee injury jeff heath in the concussion protocol uh, Sean Lee with a hamstring injury, and Tyron Smith with back and groin problems. Uh, what are we hearing right now about those guys? And really the guy I want to kind of zero in a little bit is Dan Bailey. Is it starting to get to a point where you can at least start asking a question, is it possible he plays this week, or is it still a few weeks off here? I think he's still – Jason Garrett said on Monday when he did his radio interview, like first thing in the morning, that it's probably still a no-go for Dan. That's I mean – it's a groin strain. We're talking about Tyron maybe missing his second consecutive game with a groin strain. Dan Bailey's uh, everything is on those, you know, those muscles. So, yeah. uh, what what would this be now? He's been out how many games now? He got hurt Washington in San Francisco. So, Washington. Nugent's been there for three. Okay, this will be Nugent's fourth game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. maybe. So, and and Steven said, I guess. Yeah. When it first happened, he said four weeks was kind of what Thanks, he was thinking. Yeah, and they four. said Thanksgiving. So I I think that. You know, realistically, he could play against the Red uh, against the Chargers on Thanksgiving, but you may Redskins safe, yeah. probably makes more sense. Yeah, circle. Yeah, I'm circling November or December first, whatever that right. date is. Yeah, thirtieth. Yeah, thank you. Okay, what are we hearing about uh, Jeff Heath, and what are the contingencies in the event that Jeff Heath doesn't play? So cue the party music for the fans. Uh, I thought I thought about that yesterday because um, concussions are always. I mean, you can't really predict them. I mean, some guys play the next week, some guys miss twelve. Like some Rico. guys plays less, play with less than a week. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Leary. Well, Ron Leary, Philip yeah. Rivers. Um, Jeff came out to practice yesterday, like he was just in sweats. But I mean, I was like, well, you're outside watching, not sitting in a dark room. That's right. A good thing. Like, right? That seems good, but. You know, you just like you kind of operate on intuition. I I sort of get the feeling maybe he doesn't play this week, and then cue up the X Man. I mean, I think he's probably the first guy to get a crack at it. Now they like to go. they like to rotate guys at the safety position. Does that mean Cheeto's back and Cheeto's now that third safety? Or I can't is imagine that more Frazier. Or what are we thinking? If Jeff if Jeff sits, I can't imagine that Cheeto will too. Like he's fully healthy. He was a healthy scratch last week, so I can't imagine that they sit him if if he's healthy and if Jeff can't go. So I don't I don't think you would plug him into the starting lineup after a month of sitting right. out, but I'm sure they'll find something for him to do. Hey, I'm not going to be convinced that he's back until I hear in the press yeah, box back. that try to be <laughs> us away. Made for a those tackle. of you who don't know, he's trying to. When he, when he says guys. that, then I'm like, you know what? I think that's <laughs> supposed back. to be Cheeto. Cheeto's he's playing. Back. He's playing. <laughs> until then, until I hear anything about Chai to buy, no. Nah, <laughs> Got to I would imagine it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's a lot of things that don't make sense about that. If Jeffrey Heath is out, I would imagine Xavier Woods gets the nod and him and Kayvon Frazier kind of tag team it. And Cheeto will be there somewhere, maybe like in dime or nickel. That's just my guess. Cheeto's going to play this weekend. I think you're right, Amber. For sure. All right. You go on that. that, Yeah, I've done my analysis. In the locker room. Got I've... some behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. All right, good. You heard yes. it here first. Cheeto Bay or Chittaby, however you want to name him, uh, will be playing this weekend. All right, um, let's move on. One other thing I want to hit up, um, the tight end position. Rico Gathers uh, is back to participating with the team, according to what Jason Garrett said in an earlier press conference this week. Uh, how much is he participating, and how close is he now to getting back to possibly moving off of IR and and maybe back onto the roster? I don't know, man. I don't. Uh, what's I, the? I, I really don't know the 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 rule on that of when he can do some things and what's the window of when they have to say all right. When they put you back at practice, three, you have I believe three weeks to look at him and evaluate whether you're going to move him to the fifty three. Has he started practicing yet? No. He's just attending some meetings. He's at meetings. I, like Garrett said, he'd be out there on the field if he. I mean, 
you know, when we go out there, you're looking for jerseys, like right. like taking attendance, like, okay, 77's not here, 50's not here, you know. And he wasn't wearing a jersey if he was out there. Like, he's not he's not practicing. He might be out there with the team, but he's not doing football stuff, which I just – I've never – I've never been around a situation like this in the time I've been doing this. I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't know when and again, it's a concussion, so like I feel weird and I don't want to speculate about his health and be like, "Well, it's been X amount of weeks. He certainly can be doing something." Like that seems logical. I've never heard, you know, I brought this up back when it first happened. Like Sidney Crosby dealt with concussion stuff for like months a couple of years ago. So like I know it can happen, but it's typically an injury that takes a week or maybe two or three weeks to heal. So I don't know what to expect, and I'm just going to let them figure it out. And when I see him out there in a helmet and a jersey, that's when I'll I'll write it down. I'll tweet that out for you all as soon as I see it. Yeah, But that hasn't happened yet. All right, let's go ahead and do this. Let's take our final break. Um, final break. I'm or- sorry, our first break. Our first break. When we come back from that break, uh, we're going to dive into Cowboys versus Eagles, jump into the Philadelphia Eagles defense, get a scouting report, tell you guys a few things that stand out about this defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys versus Eagles. Dave, you ready for your scouting report on the Eagles' defense? Sure. Let's go. Um, D-line, D-line, D-line. That's really, that's where this thing starts. Um, line, D-line, D-line. It's, it's pretty impressive, and when you watch him, it looks really impressive. So, Vinny Curry, Timmy Jernigan. Good, good. Fletcher Cox. Good. Brandon Graham. Good. And then the second, like, I said this, I think I said this earlier in the week, the Cowboys rotate their D-linemen. The Eagles do it too, but, like, better. Like, they got... In they, what way? Because they're better players. Oh, okay, I got you. Their, their, second, their second string is Derek Barnett, 14th overall pick in the draft, Bo Allen, veteran defensive tackle. The one weak link is probably Destiny Vio, Vio, second-year guy that they A guy found. named Destiny? Who are you? He is, his name is Destiny, yes. Mm, okay. And then Chris Long, who, you know, the Cowboys are like, no, we don't need him. Well, he helped the Pats win a Super Bowl, and now he's playing pretty well for Philly. So yeah. that's eight guys, and, like, they rotate him. Like, I was charting it. You know, I watched two Philly games. I'm charting it. Like, every five to six plays, they, like, rotate, get the fresh guys in there, and the results are pretty similar. I mean, obviously, your first string's better. but So I actually broke this down. This is seriously impressive right here. Vinny Curry has played in 77 career games. Timmy Jernigan, 52. Cox, 87. Graham, 105. Allen, 57. 
Long, 139. And then, like I said, your two young guys are Bio, who's played in 20 career games, and then Barnett, who's only played in nine, but he's the 14th overall pick. So experience, 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 and then the two exceptions. But not too old. That's the key part. Oh, yeah. No. They're, all, they're right in the prime area. All of these of guys joined the league between 2010 and 2014, with the exception of Barnett and Bio. Yeah. Like, they're right in the prime of their career. Two of, I mean, Fletcher Cox is like an all-pro caliber guy. Jernigan just signed a pretty nice extension with them. And that's really, that's, I mean, all right, well, let's get into it. That's the strength of their defense. They're first against the run in a sickening, to a sickening degree. They're allowing 66 yards per game. Like, this ain't the week for Alfred to get on this, track. Is I, I'm worried about this. Like, this is <laughs> not the week for a running game that doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott to get on track. I know, like... The personnel is totally different. I know that, but it just reminds me of the 2014 Thanksgiving game against Philly where Logan and Cox just talked smack all week, and everybody's like, all right, got DeMarco, got Martin and Fred. Like, we'll see. And the Eagles kicked their butt. They were right. They kicked their butt. Um, So they're 10th overall in defense, first against the run, 10th in scoring, 19.9 yards per game. Oh, points. Yeah, sorry, uh, 19 points, basically 20 points per game. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they are not that great against the pass. They're giving up 249 yards per game. They are 26th against the pass. They're secondary. They signed Rodney McLeod to a big-time deal. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, is he's like their intellectual leader guy. Fletcher Cox is probably like the emotional leader. Malcolm Jenkins is like the smart guy who probably gets everybody where they're supposed to be. Um, their corners, Jalen Mills, seventh-round pick out of LSU. He's playing well enough to start. I don't look at him as like a lockdown guy by any means. Seventh round, he should have been drafted way high. Like he had some baggage there. I still like I thought he was like a third or fourth round pick, and he fell all the way to the seventh round, which was weird. Um, then they got Ronald Darby from the Bills in the off season. He's played in one game. He got hurt in the season opener. I think he's gonna play this game. Which go figure. But he's been out for two months. So do with that what you will. Okay. But you can pass against these guys. Even I mean, Brock Osweiler, for all of his warts, like he had some success. I know that they lost fifty-one to whatever that was, twenty-four. But Dude, that's that's the thing, though. Not to cut you off, no, but that's good. the thing about those passing yards. I think I think the Patriots are last in the defense. And, and oh, that's fair. You know, just a lot of times because of the way the game is, they're not running it, so they just throw, throw. They're not really care. They're not caring too much. Before you know it, the guy's three hundred yard passing game. You know, it could be a hollow stat. There, it a little it bit. can be, and you have to look at that. Like, obviously, yeah. Denver got crushed, but I went back. I watched some. They played Monday night against the Redskins. I think most of us probably watched that because it was a Monday night game. Mm. And then uh, Phillip Rivers, granted, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, but he threw for 340 on them in a game that was settled at the gun. So, I mean, you they give up passing here. And Kirk Cousins was moving it. He threw for 308, I think. And the problem is... First, first of all, pass all you want if you're one-dimensional. I, you know, I'd rather be able to run the ball. I don't want to throw for 350 yards. And then with all that passing, they're going to get sacks, and that's probably going to increase their ability to get takeaways. So that's what I worry about. But really, and and honestly, you know, their linebackers don't even worry. I mean, Michael Kendricks is a talented guy, but he's been up and down. Uh, and then you're looking at Joe Walker, Nigel Bradham, and Najee Good as their other guy because Jordan Hicks tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. So their linebacker plays all right, but really, like everything they do, I don't even want to say their front four. Like those eight guys that make up their front, like I think all of their success rides on that, which fortunately for the Cowboys, they have a really good offensive line if Tyron Smith's playing. And, you know, that's kind of up in the air right now, but. I mean, I think if they're going to have success against these guys, he needs to be in there. When you talk about those yards, Nick, and the, and the number of, of points, I think that's what I kind of look at and say, maybe I kind of ride with you a little bit more on those yards being somewhat hollow. Not completely hollow, but somewhat hollow because they're only giving up 20 points a game, um, which means that even though they're giving up a ton of yards, yeah. it isn't equating to the number of points that they're allowing. Uh, you would think the points would be higher 
giving up, well, you know, that well, starts. It's a lot end. like the Cowboys last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, when you right, and I think that was also because the Cowboys would get out to that early league lead, and teams had to keep throwing the ball in order to try to catch up. Well, when we look at some of these uh, run defense stats, you're going to be like, well, that's the only thing you can do is throw the ball. So you want to tell me I can do it somehow? <laughs> right. It no, doesn't and look good here running the ball. I mean, they're 26th against the pass, which is not good, and yet. They're still 10th overall in defense. That's how good they are against the run, which I, I, even if the even if the passing gains are there, that's not how the Cowboys win games. So do with that what you will. I, I, I much prefer to be balanced than just bomb away. But yep. All right, Nick, Amber, give me your uh, your one thing that stands out about this defense. Let's start with you, Amber. Well, for me, I mean, it has to be sticking with the whole run defense. Um, they're really, really good. And – Again, we know that the Cowboys' strongest point area would be rushing, but they probably won't be as successful without Zeke. Or they're not going to be successful without Zeke. End of story. Here's my point to what I kind of mentioned this yesterday. I'm worried about them being able to score points, the Cowboys being able to score points. The only point that they scored was Dak rushing the ball. And... That's the only thing. They only were able to score seven points. And in the passing game, we know that's not necessarily Dak's strongest area. He can make those throws. But again, if you don't have Tyron Smith in there to buy him some time to figure out where to throw that ball or to give him enough time to kind of run out, get out of the pocket and figure out where he's going, I mean, they're screwed if that happens. Uh, So I'm concerned. I've heard several people around the building. I was talking to several um, guys yesterday and not everyone um, a lot of people seem to be pretty confident about the Cowboys winning this game and I certainly don't know how how can you even <laughs> feel confident I mean I know that the and one of the things we were kind of talking about yesterday is like yeah sure the Eagles are up for a, uh, a loss like they have to lose a game at some point according to Nick it's coming yeah it's coming and my be coming, but I don't know how you lose a game against this team with what the Cowboys have right now. All right. That's a good point. You know, like you said, this is reminds you of the 2014 game against the Eagles in the in Thanksgiving. And if it does, then that's good for the Cowboys. Because if I remember that game, the Cowboys were rolling. Philly was struggling. Sanchez, I believe, was the quarterback. It's like, all right, this is the, they don't have a prayer. And they, they dominated them. That's a, yeah. And so, you know, it happens, especially, you know, games like this, you're expecting, oh, well, they have nobody hurt. They're coming off a bye, and they count, you know, they're one seven in a row, and that's usually when things turn around. But I'll say this about the run defense a little bit more specific. The the demoralizing part for the Cowboys is that the Eagles are number one on third and one and fourth and one. So if it gets short-yarded situation, they're the best. They're only allowing 33% of those plays, whether it be third and one or fourth and one, they're stopping that. Okay, well, it's hard to, to run when it gets like that. Now, how about just regular runs? They they only get they only have 16 rushes of 10 yards or more on them. That's less than two a game. You just think about having Zeke in the lineup and th- even even in the, the game the other day. I mean, Alfred Morris had three. He had he had an 11. He had a 20. He had another 11. So I mean, you would think Zeke's gonna get four, five, six of those. They're only allowing less than two. They've only had 16 in nine games this year of less or 10 or more. And then when it gets to 20 or more, only three times. So short yards, they're stopping that. Breaking off these long runs, they're stopping that. So as Zamber said, it's going to have to be Dak and them throwing the football. And that is just going to be a, a huge challenge for them. I will say, if you want, if you want a little more positive spin, I think this is a rare instance where maybe even going all the way back to the Rams, like this is the first time where the I th- the Eagles' interior rushers are better than their edge rushers. So, I mean, like Vinnie Curry and Brandon Graham are good players. Don't get me wrong, but there isn't like a Von Miller on this team. And the strength of your line is on the interior as well, I would think. So Cooper, not as much as Frederick and Martin, but like those three, especially if Tyron's yeah. out, I like those three going against Cox and Jernigan a little bit more than the thought of Chaz Green trying to go against somebody, but Vin- Vinnie Curry, Vinnie Curry's really good, and and he'll if Adrian Claiborne can get six sacks against Chaz Green, I would shut. You don't think what Vinnie Curry's capable. We talk. They should not allow that opportunity. I know, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, 
I'm I think the Eagles interior guys are better is what I'm saying, but they're all they're all pretty good. I think, you know, we've obviously without Zeke, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, we didn't really talk about all of the injuries, did we? I mean, Des did not practice, and I don't I don't know the status of that yet, um, but we'll see what he does today. I mean, it could just be a Wednesday thing, but if he's limited, you know, that certainly changes a lot of things on this on this offense. Again, I and I, you know, obviously when we start talking about injuries, I I kind of looked at that one and thought, okay, this is just one of those situations where it's Wednesday. Uh, this is the same. This is not, from my knowledge, a different injury than what he had last week. This is the same injury he played with it, and so my assumption is, unless there was a setback, which I didn't, I haven't heard that. I don't know if you have, but no. then my assumption would be, hey, let's just give him a little bit of time here to kind of get. Re- I mean, you got a lot of games. You got three games here in this next in this next two and a half week period, right? So give him a day off. Um, let's see if we can ease him back in this week. But we're trying to save his body and let him kind of work through this injury as well. That's at least how I take it. Now, if we get to Friday and he still hasn't practiced, now I think there's reason for concern, right? I think, well, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of explaining that. Like, if you're an all-pro, I can't gauge what you're going to do based on Wednesday. Like, it means basically nothing to me. But Uh, if he doesn't play, how does that really change a lot of things? Well, Terrence Williams is now your lead receiver, and he doesn't really handle that very well. Bryce Butler. Bryce says he's the lead when Dez is on. Yeah, he says he goes from (laughs) the sixth option to the first option. (laughs) Cool. I mean, just leap. I mean, that's just a pole vault. Just leapfrog yes. everybody. I don't I like it. Well, somebody has to. I mean, yeah. well, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not yeah. saying. Oh, it doesn't change anything. I'm just going based on you know everything that we've been look at, seeing on Twitter and people's response to how Des has been this season so far and the way he's performed and not really being able to bring much to the offense. So that's why I was like, okay, just kind of. I think he he. I still think he is a really, really good receiver. I just don't think that teams are as scared of him as we think that they should have been or maybe his contract suggests that they, he should be or whatever you want to say. I just don't think there's there's a lot of corners that, and defenses that are just that afraid. Now, he could still make plays, but uh, and he's still way better than the other guys. So not having him there is just one less weapon, and you can, you can do things differently. I think it just – it puts more pressure on Dak in the running game because there's not really a lot of guys that you have to just double him and watch for him. And so. not to me- the one thing Dez has been able to do this year, and it hadn't been a great for year for him. I think everybody knows that, but he's been good at the. I mean, he's he's always been a beast at the run after the catch. He'll get him the easy passes. He'll turn that into more than he should. I almost forgot about the Cardinals touchdown where he carried like four guys into the end zone. Like he can still do those types of things. He has not shown an ability to make game breaking plays or really take over a defense, a game like that. But what I was going to say is against a secondary like this, I think there would be opportunities for him, especially, like I said, even if he's not winning these 50, 50 balls, get him moving, get him moving across the field, give him a slant, give him a screen. And against the secondary that's ranked 26th against the pass, he might be able to do some things. So I do think it would change what they want to do, absolutely. I think early part of the season, um, it seemed as though the Cowboys were targeting him quite a bit more. Um, It wasn't to great success. They were missing a lot of those passes. But do you think that, going to your point, do you think that this is a week where maybe they should target him a little bit more, but target him on different kinds of routes? Rather than those 50-50 balls, really maybe target him more across the middle, target him more in the slant routes, the dig routes, those kinds of things. They tried. That first game, I mean, the last game in the first half, it was like, I thought he was going to have 10 or or 12. But it didn't seem like they did in the second half, though, right? No. Well, they didn't do anything. It has a feel. I get it. They couldn't couldn't, have time to do anything. That's been the game plan since... At least since the bye, if not before that. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but the the deep the 50-50 balls, I, I they haven't been as frequent as they were right. in the first three or four weeks. And, yeah, it's a lot of slants. It's a lot of crossing routes and things like that and uh, shallow posts, stuff like that. I mean, he had like 11 targets in that game, though, didn't he? I mean, they're still targeting him a lot, yeah. and it has not been working. Well, I mean, to be, I mean it, it has to some degree. Like, he'll get his balls but it's not it just it hasn't, hasn't worked from the standpoint that he's having really big impacts in it games. just hasn't been consistent and it hasn't been explosive that's and what do you think i mean can you can you put your finger on what maybe is the reason 
No, I mean, well, I mean, the chemistry, I hate that word, but the connection with Dak hasn't been there, I don't think. Whether it's, I mean, Dak missing on, on longer throws or Dez dropping passes, I mean, he's had his fair share of those. Accuracy. Um, and then just the natural inclination that one, they run first, and two, they try to spread the ball around and do their best not to force it. I think it's probably a combination of all those things. But for the most part, no, I don't have a great answer for why. No, I, I think that this is, you know, you think about great receiver quarterback combi- uh, you know, combinations, um, a guy like a Marvin Harrison and a Peyton Manning, or even maybe, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, the guys that worked together in, for a long time. Roethlisberger and Brown has yeah. to that, yeah. Um, you've got a combination of a great passer and great route runners. And you don't have either one of those with the Cowboys with with this situation. With all three of those things I just mentioned, you don't have a lot of time if they haven't worked together for a long period of time. They're still this is still their second year. De- Dez is not a great route runner and and uh and he doesn't have the greatest hands, you know, of those really tough low ball catches. And Dak's not the most accurate passer of, of all time. He's getting there and he's getting pretty good. He can stand in the it's pocket. Only a year and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not his strong suit is just putting the ball from here to there, and it's not Dez's, you know, strong point either. So that's why you don't see this unbelievable connection between the two. That's not their great things, but they can still do great things in other ways, and it'll get there eventually if, if they if they can work, you know, together for a long time. I I don't know if they will though. I think that's a good point to make though because I I do think a lot of times people want to want to compare it to Romo. And the, the thing that they forget is this, right. that was you're what you're comparing to is Romo towards the end of his career where he I mean, there was a I don't remember what year it was, but it seemed like there was a year when it all seemed to finally click for him. And he just the way he went out there, he understood everything that was going on. He mastered that offense. 2014. Was probably. that 14? Yeah. And, and it was like Marco Murray was running for right. Yeah. But but that year, though, like the, the kinds of passes, he, he wasn't making the kinds of throws. that was like, man, what was it? Why did he do that? You know, it was. Yeah. It, it kind of just felt like he had a firm grasp of everything. But how many years was that in? And yeah. I think people try to compare sometimes because of Dak's early success. They want to compare him to quarterbacks that have been doing this for a much longer period of time. And he's just got to get there. He's got to keep developing. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean he's going to get there. That means he has to keep working at it. And if he does keep working at it, I think he will get there. Yeah. I mean, Dak is a – Dak, I would say he's about as amazing as you can expect a second-year guy to be. Right. He's awesome. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But – He's not. He's not on that level yet, and yeah. I, it's find me. Find me the quarterback who was in their second season as a starter. Watch the trajectory career. of a career mm, like Russell he's Wilson. He's coming to town. <laughs> oh, Wentz. Wentz yeah. I, I mean, no, he's got some. I he's mean, got his own things, but he's he's playing pretty good. But I think you can look at the trajectory of a guy like Russell Wilson and how yeah. when he started off, he wasn't the most accurate guy. They didn't really ask him to do as much. They were running the ball a lot. But now that offense runs completely by his arm, and they have no real running game. Their offensive line seems to be shaky at best, but he still kind of makes that thing goes and makes these miraculous plays that gets them wins. And so they don't look anything like they did when right. he was. Yeah, and I mean, if Dak keeps at it, I, I I expect the same trajectory from him. Like he he will be there one day. Right, he's not there right now. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some questions from you guys. The number is 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got? Everybody wants their freedom, and Tommy John gives you the feeling of freedom where it counts the most. With over 3 million payers sold, they put in the hustle to make sure that you are nestled. Nestled. Like Shop that. exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. Go get them. It's almost Christmas time. I bet you it's Go close get them. to 3.1 million pairs sold by now. Probably just because of the reads on this show. That ain't a bad Christmas gift. I like. That's what I'm saying. I can tell I'm getting old because like socks, ties, and underwear. Like I get excited when people get me that stuff for Christmas now. But only if they're Tommy John underwear. Yes. Yeah. Like don't get me just some. Well, yeah. Random no. Don't buy me a family pack from Target. I'm not Target. in. Yeah. Has anyone ever done that? <laughs> not for Christmas. <laughs> Just as a random time of the year, just get you some underwear, right? Sometimes you forget to pack for training camp. No, you don't. <laughs> Clearly you do. Not most people. All right, just whatever. Leave all right, alone. cool. Let's jump back in. We're going to get some questions. 872-872. I mean, 214-872-2102. Again, it's 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We got a call from Josh in Jacksonville. Josh, what up? How's it going, guys? How are hey. you? Uh, just a quick question about uh, Jalen Smith and uh, where do you uh, think that they're going to position him at, uh, Mike or Sam? And if not, who's going to go in that place? And I'll just get off the phone and listen. All right, thank you. I think, well, Anthony Hitchens is going to play Will if Sean Lee can't. He said as much himself. Uh, and then I think you're probably looking at Justin Durant as your primary Mike. And Jalen Smith will come in. Hopefully, like I said, I think I said that yesterday. Hopefully, they limit his snap count the way that they had been. I tried to ask Jason Garrett about that, and he didn't like. He didn't really answer it. Why would he? But um, I don't think they want Jalen playing 50, 60 snaps, and for good reason. And then I'm looking at Durant as the guy that's going to help with that. Yep. I wrote a story about that last night. Actually, if you want to go read it, feel free to read it. DallasCowboys.com yeah. teaches you a lot of stuff. Okay, let's get a question from Twitter. Do you guys think that Ronald Leary was part of the reason why Chaz Green did okay in the four games last year? I don't think you can discount it and say it wasn't. I don't think you can discount it. No, I mean, yeah, Ronald Leary was a beast. I don't think you can discount it, but like, when, like the guard, what did the guard play have to do with Adrian Claiborne just swimming right around him? Like, just, yeah. Like, I said, like, it's, he wasn't they weren't running games and stunts and coming inside and outside and like passing blockers off like he just ran right around him six times. So let me ask you uh, this. Could, uh, like could, 12 times. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dak was, but only got there a couple uh, yeah. six times. I should say shouldn't say a couple times. But but let me ask you this. Could it have been a situation too where it, with a Ronald Leary, Leary says, look, dude. Just don't let him get to the outside. I got you. I'll take care of the inside. Like I don't know. I'm 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 just throwing You're out saying questions. The, the, it could be a little bit wider. Yeah. So so don't it, as long just make sure you get out there wide enough to get him on the outside. If he makes a move to come back to the inside, I got you. Don't hey, worry about that. I'm just I, asking. That I question. think Ron Leary. I, I mean, I I've been on here to say that I I would have kept him or tried even harder to keep him. But I think Ron Leary's play was more of a product of being in between Frederick and Tyron more than just how great he is. Wow, that's the first time I've heard you say that. Well, I mean, he he's good, and, and, and all of them are good together, you know, and I think that that's why Cooper has played better with, with those guys next to him, and then he kind of struggled a little bit with Chaz Green next to him. So, 
it's just the way it works. But but I, I, I agree with Dave. I mean, that had nothing. It wasn't like it was a bunch of twists and stunts there. It was just, I'm better than you. I mean, Chaz Green does not have tackle feet. Not right now. He doesn't have a tackle's body. And there's something to be said for that. Let's think about this. I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. A little bit. Because when you go into an offseason, tackle and guard is obviously different. He was prepared to play guard. That's what they did. That's what he was he was battling to play guard. And your body is different. So now they moved him out to tackle because of necessity. And he doesn't look like a tackle. He looks more like a guard. I'm not saying he's going to be Zach Martin at guard, but I don't think he's a tackle. So at that point, do you think Byron Bell needs to be the guy that starts a tackle for you this week because he has primarily pay, played tackle in his career? You know how many starts he has? A lot. A lot, yeah. 72. Yeah. You'd put him out there at tackle, right? Have to. If Tyron, and, and, he's, and he's my swing tackle if Tyron does come back. If I'd, Tyron can't go, I think he'll be... He'll I mean, get the first. So, look so at, at this least. point, Chaz is inactive this week, right? I, that's what I was going. Are you, do you think Tyron. at this point he goes all the way yeah, to if, the bottom of the depth chart? It at this point, depends entirely on Tyron. But if Tyron plays, t-shirt, I would probably sit him. Yeah, uh, t-shirt with a big seventy-nine back there. So does that mean that he just doesn't have a future here? Did that one game basically just? I mean, let me say this. I thought about this the other day. Sometimes you have a bad game and you change some things. Sometimes you have a good game. You know. Sometimes it's just so extreme that you you it forces your hand. And I'll and I'll go back the other way. Roy Williams missed a game in 2009. He he missed a, a, the wide receiver. Sorry, the wide receiver Roy Williams missed a game 2009. They were going to Kansas City. It was Roy and Patrick Creighton, and then they started a guy named Miles Austin. Miles Austin went out there, had a couple of nice plays early, had a couple of nice plays in the middle, had more great plays, had one in overtime. Before you know it, he had 250 yards receiving, the best game in the history of the Cowboys wide receivers, 10 catches, they won the game. A star was born. They had no choice. He starts the next game. No doubt about it. Roy came back, and Patrick Creighton was the one that got benched. He didn't do anything. He was so good, and I've always said this about Miles. The best part was the next week against Atlanta, I think he went for 170. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a fluke game. A star was born, like I said. He was so great, you had to make the move. This one was so bad, I think you have to make the move. So that's my point. Mm. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know that it means he doesn't have a future here in the sense of, like, I'd probably let him finish out his contract. Yeah. With, but that's only one more season anyway, so – but I mean, yeah. But you're looking for a replacement you, for him, even as mean, a swing. Like you're not. What position? I would think. Do you think? I mean, am I wrong on this? I mean, do y'all see a tackle here? I'd probably have him. I mean, I'm like Joe Looney's in a contract year. I mean, he could be your eight. I'm keeping Joe. I like Joe yeah, I a lot. I'm just I'm spitballing here. Like he. But I, we we do that though. You know, we we guys we like. Yeah, sure. I mean, like I want Bryce to make plays. Yeah, because I like Bryce. Because like Bryce, and he does some things, and he's he's yeah. You know. I I love Joe. I don't. I, so I and I probably, love for Joe probably eclipses what he actually does for the team. That's probably, that's probably why you like Alfred Morris. He's the best guy in the locker room. Yeah, that's like just just the nicest, right. most down to earth dude. And I like Darren McFadden for other reasons. Woo pig, right? Um, Can't get past that 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 Arkansas thing, huh? What were we? Hey, talking? if he plays in the game, and it sounds like he's going to play a little bit in this game. You think? Yes. Nick's going to have one of those foam pig heads on. Get <laughs> ready for it. Never been worn in my entire life. It just gets uncomfortable when he starts saying woo pig suey. I've never, really I don't really that, say that either. That just gets a little bit creepy. But listen, my- I don't want Felix Jones back. <laughs> I don't want Ken Hamlin back. Okay. It's not like that. They don't need to go get Peyton Hillis. Yeah. But this is one of your all time greats. Well, he's been a really That's good different. player. He's well, been a really good Oakland player. Raiders. Has he been a really good player? <laughs> I don't know. For well, the Oakland Raiders, he was a really good player, right? He was. Picked, he had a year where he was really he was good. Are you going to look at the overall. rushing? Are you going to look at the rushing stats this year and whoever finishes fourth and say he had a pretty good year? Because that guy finished fourth for you in the NFL two years ago, and he did it in ten games. You roll your eyes if you want to, but <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, nobody else. This was on a team that couldn't do anything. Yeah, but we all know Matt Castle the, here. We all know that watch the games that it wasn't yes, we got some yards, but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of performance that was like he was the man. Like it was okay. they couldn't run at times. Like hey, they could hey, not run at times. Hey, that's fine. So but it was pretty good though, right? It was pretty good. A lot better than that crap you saw Sunday. all I'm yes, saying is yeah. it's one thing if he's just behind greatness. 
But if Alfred Morris is doing what he does and Rod Smith's doing what he does, I mean, don't you think that you would want to at least give him a shot? But that's also my my thing going into this year. I was the person that would have preferred to have younger running backs than the veteran. That's the one position in the NFL where, to me, a veteran is less important, other than for pass protection. If you can find a young guy that can do pass protection, I always go with young guys at running back because I think it, whether it's their hunger, whether it's that they have sprier legs, whether it's that they're just not beat up, whatever it is, I like having younger running backs and I like having veteran running backs. We're going to go find us a Kareem Hunt. Like there's some kid right now at like Bowling Green. Yeah, I mean, fourth, fifth, 90, sixth round running back. Seventh overall. We'll, we'll go get him. That guy is going that way. Who, oh. Kareem? Yeah. What do you I'm, mean? Oh, you mean he's, like, he's struggled. I saw something the other day about who, who here's your three, three guys for rookie of the year. You know, one of them was Watson. And I was like, well, where's Kareem Hunt? Where's the kid from Jacksonville? Gone down. He has tailed off. And well, Fournette, Fournette's can't stay healthy. Well, between the bye and then he got benched and then he didn't have a great game last week. He's been on three weeks of meh, but. How do we get on this anyway? I don't know. We, Running back. I was just about to ask you. You think Deshaun Watson's going to win Rookie of the Year? He like, should. He way off. I, I he should win it anyway. Honestly, uh, Chaz Green. Juju. Chaz Green. Yeah, he's a good one too. <laughs> That's a good one. I just want to say. I would keep Chaz Green on the team through his contract. He could be like your eighth offensive lineman who's usually inactive, but he was brought in here. I mean, I ideally, I would imagine the goal was for him to replace Doug Free. Obviously, a lot of stuff has changed since then, but like. He doesn't have a future on this team as a guy you want to count on as a starter. Remember Clifton oh. Gathers? Yes. What do you remember about him? He's really tall. Tall? I was going to say, yeah, tall. I was trying to think of like a playing just, attribute, but just, he's just no, tall. No, because he, he didn't tall. play. He was one of those guys that he he got uh, moved around to like six or seven practice squads because you bring him in and you're like, Oh yeah, we He's can got work with this guy, six eight, three ten, or whatever. That's the thing about Chaz Green. I mean, he just looks the part. You're like, all right, we got to get something out of him. Looks mean, big, strong. I mean, looks like he's gonna do something, but hasn't gotten there yet. But I really think he could maybe do something at guard. Maybe he needs to be your guard. Maybe. Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine with him being like, like if that. They don't resign Martin. <laughs> If they don't, <laughs> they don't resign, resign Martin. Martin, you got yourself a guy. If they don't right. resign Martin, we're having an emergency podcast down here in the studio. Let's get a uh, call from Chris in Indiana. Chris, what up? How's it going? Hey. hey. Good, how are you? I'm not too bad. It's been a little bit. Um, I think some people are forgetting. We all know uh, Chaz Green didn't have a, a real good game, and, and Bell didn't either. But the interior of that offensive line also did not have a good game. Uh, if you go back and look on those sacks that was coming from the outside, uh, Dak didn't have nowhere to move up in the pocket. And I think also that enabled, not enabled, but that also hindered us from being able to run the ball because there wasn't much going on during the in, uh, in the inside of the line. So I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting that. as a, The line as a whole did not have a good game. And whether Zeke was there or not, I think it would have probably been the same if those guys are all five of those guys are not working as one. Your running game and your passing game and having time is just not going to work out. All right, thanks for the call. I think there's something. I mean, Zach Martin gave up an uncharacteristically bad sack. I think now that I'm making excuses for him, like he's he's got an ankle or something. Like he at some point his ankle's dinged up. I don't. I mean, it's not something that's going to keep him off the field, but I wonder how much that affected him. But yeah, I mean, the line kind of got their butts kicked. Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm not going to say I necessarily disagree with that, but I. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that those sacks around the outside were because Dak couldn't step up. I think there was one plan spe- specifically. I know that there was a sack that was because. That kind of got flushed, and then he ran into a guy that was coming from the other side, the and then the first half. yeah, and yeah. and then you get up with a sack. I think that was one of Claiborne's sacks. But it, that that to me was the aberration. I think more often than not, when Claiborne got to him, it literally just came so fast he had no time to react. Yeah, I think, and that was that had nothing to do with what was happening in front of him. I I hear. I mean, I hear what the caller's saying. I think there's something to be said. I don't think the line played that great as a whole. I agree. I agree. But. Yeah, when you step up in the pocket, like the the end is coming around the tackle, and you kind of got some time to work, and there's a feel like most of those sacks, it was like 
three steps and you're just you got a guy on your back. Like I don't. He was know. still in his drop. Like and, he, and there's always like, already a guy on his. In back order for you to be able to step up and avoid the rush, like your tackle still has to kind of be doing his thing to kind of you know force you to go wide and take a longer arc than you want to. Right. That that wasn't really happening. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's get a question from Twitter. Okay. Well, in case Taryn cannot play this weekend, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope he can. But in case he can't, and we have to cheat. See Chaz Green once again or Byron Bell, if whatever, whoever is out there, how can the Cowboys help those guys? I know I saw uh, at times Alfred Morris help with the block, and obviously you can't necessarily do that all the time. What could be other ways that they could help him or whoever is out there? Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that I, I think why Alfred Morris has been a declining player is because, um, yes, he can run the ball. But he's not the best blocker. He's not the best. Doesn't have the best feel for that. I, I don't think from the timing of chipping and then getting out and his great pass catcher. So that probably keeps him off the field as you know uh, more than than he would like to be. But that's one of the things: running back, helping there because you can kind of block and be a pass catcher. I think they'll, they'll try some receivers to do that. Maybe same thing with tight ends. Yeah, you, get him on the way out to your route. Yeah, just all all you need is just one little hit, and then. Move over there and you know and, and and sneak out in the pat in the past. So I think that that's what you'll see. You'll see some of that. And that's the other thing about a wide nine, right? If you have a tight end, it extends that guy out even farther. If he wants to play really wide, if he wants to be the widest guy on the line, he's got to go even farther out. If you put a tight end there, um, and so from that standpoint, it gives you more distance between the rusher and the quarterback, which hopefully again can help you. So I think there are there are lots of different things that they can do. Now, the question becomes, what things can they do in the context of the offense that they already play? Because they don't normally have to do those things with Tyron Smith out there, right? So how do they do those things without drastically changing their offense? I don't know how tough that is to, to make those kinds of adjustments. Well, well, I would assume you can, and there's not a big deal, but I, I'm not a coach. I don't know. You see him do stuff with multiple tight end sets, though. I mean, you know, like Swaim and Hannah and Witten to some – I mean, they do those boots and tight end actions and – if if somebody other than Tyron has to play this game, I would guess like a tight end is just affixed to the left side, at yeah. least way more often than was the case in Atlanta. And you can do stuff to get them involved, like not only have them as an extra blocker, but in the interest of staying multidimensional and not just giving yourself away, you can use them as blockers who become receivers and stuff like that. That's the other thing. It seemed like in this game, the Cowboys were way more committed to being in 11 personnel and even sometimes going, you know, basically one person. They had a tight end, no running backs, and they spread everybody out wide. And my thought was when you're getting wrecked like that with one guy killing your tackle, the last thing you want to do is take tight ends and running backs off the field. So my thought is in this game, if you're having to play without Tyron Smith, maybe you should ought to see a predominant amount of 12 personnel where you got two tight ends. That tight end, like you said, maybe that tight end is a fixture over there. He's always going to be there to give that tackle a little bit of extra support. Even if he's going out in a route, he can at least chip the guy on his way out, right? Well, and I was going to say, with this eagle run defense, it's not like you're going to be very successful at running the ball anyway. So you can use those guys to kind of help out, even the running back, to help with the blocking at certain situations because they won't be able to really run the ball anyways. You're just giving up on the run just like that, huh? Well, they can help with the block and help Dak have more time to pass that ball. So, Real quick, I want to throw out something though, that we ought to think about with when it comes to this run defense. They haven't really played a good running back, and what I mean by good running back, a running back that's like up there. Now, of course, the Cowboys don't have one right now either, but their offensive line, if Tyron, Tyron is back, is one of the better offensive lines in the league. The best one they've played is Kareem Hunt, and he had 81 yards yeah. against them. And also, just like – let's be fair. Just like the if the passing numbers are going to be more than they probably should be because they are you know throwing the ball a lot in the second half, then the running numbers are probably lower than they should be because they're not running the ball. That doesn't mean that – you know I'm not saying that they're not good at stopping the run because – that defense has got them in position to be in the lead in the fourth quarter. It's the yeah. same thing the Cowboys did last year. Like it's yeah. If you're that good at stopping the run, there's always more to it than just being good. I mean, they're good. Don't right. get me wrong, but the circumstances of these games dictate a lot of. That. But I think that's the point of what I was getting to is that I don't think you abandon the run to, to speak to what you were talking. About. I don't think no, you abandon fully. the run here. I think I think you try them and you try to run the ball against this defense and test this defense. Uh, there might be a come a point in the game where you're like, we're really not getting much out of it, and we got to do something different. 
But I, I don't think – there's nothing here that says to me you can't run. It just says to me they've been pretty successful stopping the run against the teams that they've played. Can the Cowboys be in that lot, or can the Cowboys be the exception to the rule? Because I don't think they've faced any really great run run offenses this season. There's that Eagleton optimism. That <laughs> well, I, again, you have to kind of keep the it same one that made you a good pick mix. The game you picked last week, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to get you guys all set up for the game this weekend. We'll uh, tell you what what uh, to expect, and we'll tell you what our picks are for the game. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?